Hall of Fame broadcaster Marty Brenneman here, and he's the best storyteller in the game, and it's time to sit back, relax, and have some laughs. Welcome to the Mayor's Office, and here's your host, Sean Casey. Boom! Change. What's up, brother? What's up? Back at it, man. What's going on? Yeah, I'm ready to talk some hitting. Maybe, maybe... I don't know, top five hitters of your generation that you played Dude, against? One of the best I've ever played against, brother. 14, this is the reason why. 14 seasons in the big leagues, career 300 hitter. Bam, he's in the club. I always say, <laughs> D-Row, you're not. Anyway, <laughs> uh, t- over t- t- almost 2,400 hits. Tell you the truth, when I was playing, I was. I, I remember we, we, we would all talk as players and we'd say, this guy right here, that guy right there, Michael Young, he's going to be the next 3,000 3, hits. But he got close. He got really close. 2,375. Seven-time All-Star, 2005 batting champion, won the Gold Glove in 2008 and short, but he played everywhere. Um, te- this is when you know you're good, Chinch. When the Texas Rangers retire your number, that's when you know yeah. you were actually a good player. Uh-huh. 2019, Rangers Hall of Fame 2016. Let's bring him in because we got tons of other stuff to talk about. My man, Mike Young. Michael Young, what's up, brother? Yeah. How you hey, doing, my what's man? Up, man? It's good to see uh, your face. Thanks for having me on, bro. You kidding me, bro? It's so, so good to see your face, man. It's so funny, too, because you know we were talking about trying to get you on a few weeks ago. You're like, Case, I'm going to be in the Bahamas. And next thing you know, you know, then you're like, I'm in Montana on a nice trip, too. Like, Sounds like life's going pretty good for you right now brother yes honestly dude i can't complain at all but i mean you've been in texas in the summertime <laughs> yeah. i am out of here in the summer it's unbelievable dude it's like the, the sun just hangs out on my shoulder and i just tap out i'm like i'm out of here I, I gotta bounce so we go beach and then we go to montana see if we can ride a grizzly or two and then we come back we check in i get the mail and i bounce out of town again did you I, see I try, I, I try and come back the day the day before school starts that's when i come back <laughs> that's so great you're right bro i remember when we go down to play the rangers i'd be like can we wear shorts for bp it's so freaking hot like how did you do it <laughs> seriously how did you do it every day did you take bp every day or would you would you be a cage guy sometimes when i was young we did it every day but you know in this case when you're young you're like you don't care you walk out of bed you're ready to play you it's not a big deal at, at some point you do kind of get used to it a little bit but Later on in my career, we definitely had days where we we hit inside, hitting shorts, and it does get it gets rough, man. But I mean, at some point, you got to try and use it as a home field advantage too. No, it was a home field advantage because I remember it was just like literally like you were in an oven. I'm like, does someone turn the heat on? Is is Satan around here? Because it feels like the heat's turned up to hell. It is. (laughs) They throw another log on the fire out there. It was brutal, brutal. Oh my God, so true. So, dude, so what do you got going on? Like, you got what, 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 how many kids you got? Like, are you, are you are you coaching? What are you doing? I got three three boys: seventeen, uh, twelve, and ten. Uh, twelve and nine, actually. It'll be ten here in a couple of weeks. But uh, it's dude, it, it's great. I got I hang out with those three guys. My wife is doing great. I mean, the post baseball uh, times for us have been incredible. We try and travel as much as possible um coach my my nine-year-old's team uh my 12-year-old kind of dude he's he's rolling with baseball so i kind of let him do his little travel ball team i kind of stay back and do our thing one-on-one when he gets home um my my 17-year-old's a a swimmer so all he does is eat and drive and bounce that's all he does so he's gone. He's doing his thing. Is uh, he is he jacked? Is he like that long hey, length swimmer? Like yes, you know? yes, dude. It happens quick too. You know, you're, you when you you get a boy and he's your oldest. You know, you wrestle around. You do all your thing. Next thing you know, like yeah. he tackles me and I'm on the bottom. I'm like, 
fucking going on here, man? I can't move. I don't I know if I can move. say that here, but I'm like, yes, you can. Happens. Yes, you can. Okay, good. Like, I mean, a while back, he was telling me to get off from that. Now I'm like literally like turning blue because he's choking me out. Quick, man. That's so great, dude. What about like the swimmer? Because I, I, I love, I love their like the swimmer mentality. Like those guys are animals. Like I, I, when I got bro, here's a real quick swimming story, Mikey. When I got done playing, I was like, I retired after 2008, 2009. I was just sick of lifting weights. I'm like, I'm gonna start swimming, right? So I'm like, oh, here we go. So you know, I'd, I'd swim like a lap or two, and like. It was, I mean, it, it's Lucky absolute, hair. oh, dude, dying. I'm like, yeah. how do swimmers just keep going back and forth? One, the lifeguard, a woman that I've known for years, she's like, oh, Sean, I didn't realize that was you. She goes, you look so non-athletic in the pool. <laughs> I was My like. Bad. I was only a 15-year billionaire lady. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, listen, I hit balls in the gaps, but I freaking it must be dense or something because, it, dude, it, it's tough. So, I mean, as far as your son goes, like as far as the work ethic of a swimmer, has that, you know, has that impressed you about what it takes to be a swimmer? 100%, man. It, it's, a different, <laughs> it's a different game than the one you and I yeah. grew up playing, right? And, you know, we wake up at practice at 6, so he wakes up. And, dude, I was the happiest person in the world when he got his driver's license. I didn't have to take him to that damn 6 o'clock practice anymore. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now he's, he's rolling. He's gone. But we, I had the same kind of thing happen. We were just in the backyard, in my backyard pool. And I'm like, hey, man, let's just do a little swim workout. You know, let's do 50 laps. He's like, really? Like, I, I, with me and you? And I was like, yeah, yeah. You, well, you can't keep up with your own man, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right, right. Dude, Next thing you know, he is literally like, I'm like, all right, what number are you on? He's like 30. I was on like six. Sucking <laughs> air. Sucking air. And it's like, like, dude, like, I'm not a good swimmer. Like, dude, no drown, big win for, for me. So, yeah, sure enough, by the time I finish, he's already dried off back in his room hanging out. It's just a different... It's different. Yeah. Oh, that's different. so great. That is so really great. Cool. Really cool to see. What about, what about your younger boys that are playing baseball? Like, you know, obviously, you know, I think what I've been through this, so I'm I'm saying they maybe don't understand like the you know how good you good of a player you were in the big leagues. You're really probably just dad, but they also probably look at you and say, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. How do you handle that? You know, how do you handle that as a father? Like, you know, how do you coach your kids? Dude, you know, um, it, it is weird, Case, because like I want to tell them the things that I know without making them feel pressure or or throwing too much on them. You know what I mean? So. Um, my 12-year-old, my 17-year-old never really took an interest to it. He likes to watch it, uh, loves to watch, watch all sports, but swimming's his thing. Um, my 12-year-old is, is, is about it, right? So even with him now, like I, I, I tell his coaches, I'm like, listen, man, I want you to coach him. Don't, don't look at me in the stands. Don't, I want you to coach him. Don't think, you know, I can't say this because Mike might say, say that. Coach him. Because, I mean, I know I'll, I'll never sell you out. I'll never tell my kid, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about because then you'll, you'll lose him. That's just not fair. Right. So I won't do that to him. Um, but then again, you know, I think that the things that I enjoy now that he's getting to be 12 and, you know, the, in the game, there's more hooks, there's some sliders. And, right. and, you know, now I'm like, when we talk, I'm like, you're going to get your advantages by just being smart. In baseball, man, you, to be a good hitter, you've got to be smart. You don't got to be great at math or chemistry or anything, but you do have to be smart, man. You've got to have some stuff working up here to process information and apply it. And, you know, the, my, my favorite stuff is after the game, you know, we'll talk and I'm like, hey, you know, you got a you know, breaking ball here. He's like, yeah, he wasn't landing. He's never doubling up on his curveball. So I knew to look for this. I'm like, you're off to the races, bro. That's what hitting is, right? Like if you can start doing that at 12, by the time you hit high school and beyond, whatever, that'll be up to him. You're going to be a step ahead of the game. So that's the stuff that I really like is the game within the game kind of stuff. The fundamentals, the ground balls and the hitting, that's all, that's all fun. But 
I love chopping it up kind of to the to the really fun stuff with it. What, what advice? Oh, dude, I, dude, here we go because I, I I was waiting for this to just to happen so I could so I could start going because I love it too. What do you talk about? Like, how do you get them to understand the, the the game of failure? Like, how did you deal with failure, and how do you relate that to your kids with this sport? Yeah. By the way, real quick, are you guys good with this light from Jesus I got coming down right here in my in my thing? You guys see that, or is that just me? No, that's yeah. It's I see it, but do you see it? That bothers, that, no, it's good. That's it's the heavens. This, we okay, find guys, you guys together. You guys are good. I'm good. With it. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we're good Wait. with it, bro. It looks great. What the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> that's good. All right. <laughs> 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 like, what, what's that, bro? It's good to show me times I'm in this damn office. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. So, sorry. What was the question again, Casey? Well, so I asked you about about you know the, the game is such a game of failure. And you talked about process and about like, you know, just, you know, out, you know, how you think about a bats, how you think about a guy's pitching you. How did you deal with failure in this game? And how do you relate to that to your kids on how to deal with it? Man, it, it, that's, that's it. Isn't it case? Like we all know what it's like to go up there and scuff. And even now, like in my current job, we got to, right? with the, with the Rangers, I'm, you know, special yeah. assistant to the Rangers. So I'll talk to minor league kids. And it's amazing that that is like the one message that's universal. Like, I'm like, all right, any questions? What'd you do when you went bad? What'd you think about when you were slumping? How'd you pull yourself out of it, right? When you lost confidence, what'd you, what'd you think about? And it's a universal message, you know? So for, for me, and we, we, we talk about it all the time, like focusing on the process. And I tell my, my, my sons all the time, like, if you go up there and honestly keep this thing as fundamental as possible, swing the strikes and smoke them as hard as you can and get on base and run hard, all the rest of this is going to take care of itself, right? I don't, I don't care if you go two for two or three for three. Like, no one's counting your stats when you're in 12U here, man. No one's going to care. Right. But you can learn kind of, like, how to play. Um, so, yeah, for me personally, though, like, I, I, I got this one cool lesson. Remember Carlos Pena? Carlos Pena, I played with him in AAA. Oh, just had him on. Best, the best. Yes. Best, best dude. He gave me the coolest lesson ever. We were in AAA together at Oklahoma City. And all of a sudden, I saw he's bringing this notebook and two Sharpies into the dugout, a red one and a black one. And I'm like, it I'm watching him for a little bit, and I'm finally, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing with this notebook? <laughs> right? Like, are you taking notes out here? Is it like, are you, are you writing stuff down for pictures? I'm like, because I, I wanted to know. He's like, nah, man, I record my at-bats. I give myself a, a black or a red. And it's just based on process, right? So if you go up there, Case, and like, you know, you battle in 0-2, you get to 1-2, and you line out to the center fielder. He's like, that's a red. That's a good A-B. If I'm three and one and I got bases loaded and I hit a long dart over the first baseman's head, trust me, I'm going to take my single, my two, my two RBI, but that ain't going to fly in the long run, right? So you go black. So he judges at bats on reds and blacks. And I stopped, my like, damn, that's sweet. So I started doing that. So basically, it just it really helps you take result out of it, right? So if I went bad, I would literally, I mean, I'm talking towards the end of my career too. I took this with me forever and I have Carlos to thank for it. I would just drive to the park saying, you know what, man, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pile up some reds. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to get some reds. And it just took me saying, all right, I got to go three for four to pull myself out of this. That's shit, man. If you're going bad, three for four is not easy to do. Right. So, right. You know, that, that seems like a long way away. Yeah, you but just want a one for five. Hey, man, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If I tell myself, hey, I can, I can get some reds today, I can do that. I can control that part of it. So that was one way, I, I, to answer your question, how I try to keep myself one foot in front of the other, you know, if you deal with failure, if I get a black check mark, yeah, I, I can get a red the next one. Oh, I like and, that. Yeah, it was nice. It was really good. I, Carlos. I like that a lot. The, one of the words that we talked about, I talked about with Carlos, too, because his story is so unique about, uh, you know, just 
you know, him, you know, the way they moved from Dominican to the United States. And, you know, it was, it was a very gritty time for him. And I, I love that word grit. When you hear that word grit, you know, what do you think of? Oh, man, I love it too, Case. Like it's, you know, it means like one, you got a lot of perseverance, right? You have some mental toughness. You know how to, you know, not let you, you see adversity kind of as an opportunity. You know, this is my chance to show who I am. You know, I remember, you know, whenever you're 0 for 10, that's when your manager usually wants to give you a day off. And I remember, like, I'd argue that one. I'm like, give it to me when I'm on fire. Of course, I'm going to argue then, too. But this is when, <laughs> this is when I want to show who I am. Like, right now. This is when I can show a teammate, man, I'm not bailing right now. This is when I want to be out there when Justin Verlander's on the mound. This is when I really want to. It's harder, for sure. But this is when I want to, like, embrace that part of the game when it gets super, super difficult and you really got to dig in a little bit to pull yourself out. Because when you do, you, you prove something to yourself. You know what I mean? You become a little mental. You get, you get some edges now mentally. And like you know, and as a hitter, as a baseball player up there, you've got to find an edge any way you can. If you can develop mental toughness along the way and more mental toughness and prove some things to yourself, you're, you're going to be in a really good spot. Oh, I like that a lot. I did. It's so true. Like you, when you're going bad, it's, it's, it's how you turn that around. How quickly can you turn that around is what gives you that confidence back. So like, yeah, when you're over 10, I'm like, no, 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 you got to keep throwing me out there. Like I, this is when I don't want to come out because I need to, I'm, I'm one pitch away from figuring this thing out. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's when they, that's when that, that's, that's grit to me. Like it's the ability to kind of like thrive in that kind of environment. And even if you don't thrive, at least welcome it, right? Say, I'll, yeah. I'll take it on. And that, that to me is what, um, shoot, not just good players, but people who just have, have happy, productive lives, that they, they seem to be really good at that kind of stuff. I love that, brother. I love that. 2-1 pitch is swung on and a high fly ball into deep left center field. Back goes Sheffield at the wall, leaps in the air, and that's gone. And so Michael Young, the kid from Los Angeles, comes home to hit a home run at Dodger Stadium, and that's got to be a lovely moment in his life. And Young hits the plate. That's his first home run. And there's a small group of fans directly below us and over to the right. And are they ecstatic? So Michael Young hits a home run. What a thrill for his family. That's his first major league home run. Would you believe a kid from this area? comes to Dodger Stadium and hits it and they are just beside themselves. What about for you growing up out there in California? You, you went to you went to UC Santa Barbara too? Sure, yep. That must have been nice. That must have been a real nice place to go to school. What about growing up, Mikey? Like who were some influences in your life? Like why did you love baseball? Why did you work hard? Why did you want to do what you did? Uh you know I mean I, I love baseball just I got you know the I got lucky, you know, I don't think big leaders get lucky. You, you work hard to, to yeah. get there. Where I did get lucky is that I, I didn't really choose baseball. I've loved it since the second. I can't remember not loving it. So I got lucky there. You know, I got lucky that I just fell in love with a really cool sport. So when you love something, you're going to want to try hard at it. You know, you, you're going to want to try and be good at it. And then luckily for me, I got two unbelievable parents that were there for me from day one, you know, driving me to games, driving me to, and, and, you know, shit, when I was a kid, it was mostly rec ball until I got to about high school. And then you start right. to a little bit more. Yeah, me um, too. So, but they were there all the time. They were, they yeah. were there. They were, they were involved. And uh, so I got really, really lucky there. And then when I got into, you know, high school and college, playing against some really great competition when I was, you know, down in Southern California, it's, 
so my role models were absolutely my parents and and you know they showed me from the beginning what you know being a tight family meant and i've tried to give that to my family too anything your dad or your mom said to you that like is something you say to your kids like i there's some things that my 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 dad would say to me that i say to my kids and i'm like man i sound like my dad you know there's what, uh, are there some messages you pass on that you, that were beat into you as a kid like so my dad was a uh, my dad was a construction worker my mom was a, a, a elementary school secretary and uh, you know I, I remember my dad you know pulling out of the by the time I woke up for school, my dad was already gone. He was already, you know, trying to beat LA traffic and get to work. So that, that's something I always remember, but he'd always kind of be in it. He'd show up with his, his work boots at my practices and stuff. And he was always there. And so, yeah, hard work was something I saw from, from the yeah. beginning. And even if he never really, he never told me to work hard, but I saw it every day. Yeah, I right. Admit, right. You know, so I took that with me. If you're going to do something, I don't care what you're doing, that this is the only really way to approach it. And, you know, I had that with me with baseball since, since one, I love to play and two kind of hard work was kind of ingrained in me from, from my folks. So kind of a bit of the perfect storm, I guess. That's awesome, man. That's a, very, uh, you're a blessed man. When you, I look back at your story. You were drafted by the Orioles at a high school. Yeah. Yeah. What, what round? So why didn't you sign? Was it just too late? 25th. 25th. <laughs> it was a little, little, little tardy, but, uh, dude, but I was also, man, dude, out of high school, I was, I was a center fielder and I was about five ten, every bit of 150. So, oh, really? so uh, <laughs> dude, you would have got eaten up in the minors. Crushed. Dude, crushed. I was nowhere near being ready. Not even close. So college was absolutely the move for me. hundred percent. Yeah, that's awesome. So you get drafted by the Blue Jays, um, and and you and you. I look back at your numbers, your Myers. You raked, and then you get traded for Esteban Loaiza. Yeah, right. Which yeah. probably the Blue Jays have to look back and go, "Oops, that was a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a bad trade." But it opened up the door for you in Texas. Can you tell us about that first? First off, how did you feel about getting traded? And second off, take us back to the call when you got called up to the big leagues. Yeah, you know, um, getting traded as a young player is, is odd. You got traded as a young player, too. I got right? traded, yeah, same yeah. thing. I was in the minors, got traded from the Indians, the Reds. It's, in Cleveland, you just, right? I mean, yeah, I remember thinking, I'm just going to play for the Indians, just going to play for the Indians. They're like, yeah. hey, you're gone. I'm like, what? Right, exactly. <laughs> so well, by the time you sign, you know, I was a college sign, just like, just like you were, and all of a sudden, like, all I could think about was playing in the big leagues for the Blue Jays. I was like, that was it, man. That's where I was dialed in. And all of a sudden, they, you know, pulls me aside before a game in double A and says, you just got traded to Texas. And you know, I was like, didn't really know how to process that, right? You know, I was, I just got put on the roster of the Blue Jays. I'm like, well, am I still on the roster over there? And he's like, that's something for them to work out. Literally, they were like, high five, shake hands, and go. And I'm, I'm super thankful to the Blue Jays, man. Like, when I got there, I would, I'd only been playing shortstop for two years in, in, in college. I went my freshman year as a center field, and they moved me to short. And they, they were just nonstop work. I mean, I have, I have a ton of appreciation and, and gratitude towards the Blue Jays for everything they poured into me. Who, who, were the, who, were the guys, who were the guys in the minor leagues, though, that did help you? Who, 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 yeah. There has to be a couple guys. You're like, boom, that guy was Gar- huge. Garth Orge, Jim Hoff, Hector Torres, uh, Marty Peavy, Rocket Wheeler, George Bell. Remember George? Dude, George oh, yeah, Bell. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm leaving out a lot. Wow. Just great, great folks, man. And I, I always think of them. You know, I always wow. kind of like stick in my head for like the impact they had in my career. Uh-huh. Uh, but when I got to Texas here, I knew that I'm like, well, all right, cool. This is the team that wants me. Um, I, I went to double A, went to the fall league after that, and I was in the big leagues next year. So, I mean, it, it, wow. it couldn't have worked out better. So, you had moved to shortstop with the Jays, 
And then you get traded to the Rangers, who had a shortstop. That A Rod was there, wasn't he at the time? Exactly. So, so were you like, the, what the what the fuck? Like, dude. <laughs> so timeline wise, it was a trip. I, I I I signed, and the Blue Jays when I signed had Cesar's Tourist, who was just oh, yeah. picking fool, man. I remember like I took my I signed. I went to St. Catharines in New York, Penley. We're taking ground balls, and Izzy takes his first ground ball, and I was like, <laughs> "Fuck!" Like this is what they look like, like. And I remember thinking, like, I got to kick this into gear right now. Because this is, like, this is the bar. I had no idea he was pretty special at the time, right? I thought that was just, like, this is what they all look like. So, fortunately, this worked out really well for me later in my career. The farm director, Jim Hoff, says, you and Izzy are going to switch off every series. You'll play short, and you switch off every series. Switch off. I had no idea how much that would help me out down the road. Wow. Um, So, we did that for the first three years of the minor leagues. And it was was really, really – helpful obviously for when i got later on down the road but when i got traded to texas to answer your question um playing short only i go to the fall league and playing short only then they just signed alex in the off season and my agent calls me up and he says um you know you're probably gonna get traded again and i was like no dude fuck that i was like can you do me a favor like call them and say i want to play second again because i played second a lot in the minor leagues and actually i knew second base was my best position like without a without a doubt and i said i doubt that my opinion matters much here, but I just want them to know I'm down, I'm down to, to go back to second and compete for this job. I want them to know it. It won't matter. They're going to make their call, but I just want them to know it rather than just sit back and be silent about it. So I got to spring training. They had me at second only. Uh, I started out in, in AAA, uh, Alex's first year in Texas. And we had Randy Velarde, who was our second baseman, unbelievably great dude. That's and uh, he yanked a hammy um, mid-May and they pulled me up. And that was it. Um, and Randy, even when he came back healthy, I remember I kind of took this lesson with me too. I'm a veteran player. Even when he, when he came back healthy and they kept me playing, Randy was there every day supporting me, talking to me, and until he got traded at the deadline too. But I always, I always took that lesson with me too. Oh, that's cool. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. So, so you were prepped for second base. That's really cool. That's a cool story that you were already getting reps in the, but right. almost by accident in the minor leagues. Because of you and Izzy, we're there. We're there together. Now you play at second base. Obviously, A Rod was at short, and and that was the time when the, you know he was at another level. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, there were some really great players in the game, but A Rod, you know, at that time was was so good. Like anything you learned from him, approach wise, you know, how he went about his business. You know, what were some of the things that you learned about about what A Rod playing the game? Oh yeah, um, one thing I will say about Alex, like most. The biggest things I took were I played with him for three years. I think he missed one game, right? So it's like be durable, kind of same thing you and I were talking about. Like don't don't use a, a bad stretch as an excuse to bail out of the game. Uh, be someone your teammates can count on. And, you know, when they look at the lineup, they're going to see you know he was going to be in there, and that that meant something to me. Um, real smart player too, man. He's trying to find the edges everywhere. You know, uh, you know when. Picking signs is part of the game, in my opinion, right? As long oh, as you do too. it legit, do it legit yes. and do it on no the field. Cameras, no cameras, yeah. no cameras. No cameras, no banging trash cans, <laughs> yeah. like that. But just do it legit, you know. I remember, like, Alex would be like, if I'd be on second, and he's like, did you get him? I'm like, no, I didn't get him. He's like, no, no, you, you got to get him. Like, there wasn't, like, you know, get him. I'm like, well, I can't see. It's kind of dark in there. Get some glasses. Get him. Like, whatever it takes. Get him. Figure it no. out. Figure it out. Figure it out. You know, sometimes like in there to pretend the ballpark, you see shadows like when the and you can't even see the fingers, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I'm like, I can't pick it up. So I don't. I, he's like, 
figure it out. And to me, like I took that rest of my career. Every time I was on second, I'm, I was trying to get it. Every single time I was trying to get it. So he was always looking for edges to try and, you know, get the team an edge to see if he can win a ball game, score a few more runs. And that was something I definitely took with me too. Yeah. Wow, man. And, and playing up there, playing in Texas, and you talked about, you know, the durability, like, as a, as a visiting player, like we were talked about earlier, the heat in Texas was a different animal. Like it really was. And like, just the fact that how were you, did, did you do anything special to recover every day? Was it a cold tub or something like that? And you know, the talk about grit and grind, you know, just were there, were there days in that Texas heat? You're like, man, like, I don't, I don't know if I'm, <laughs> I don't know if I'm be able to play today. Dude, I think I, I, you do get used to it a little bit. You do get used to it. I think your, your mind just kind of adjusts to what it's going to feel like. Um, and then honestly, case, like you, you'll, you'll appreciate this one. Like it's hot as hell, but the damn ball carries a lot in that stuff. Oh. So you just suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just got to get one in the air. It's going to fly out of here. Just backspin it a tick, man. And I'm in business. So, you know, it takes you get the good with the bad, and that was a trade I would gladly make. So, I mean, you do do some things to take care of your body, a lot of cold tanks afterwards. I mean, there was guys stuck to IVs before games, too, just to be able to get through the get through a ball game. And, yeah. and I, was, I was doing Pedialytes before, they, before and during the game and all that stuff. But after a while, it just kind of comes part of the routine, and it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. Mikey, for you as a player, um, you know, it was – like I said, bro, you're one of the best hitters I've ever played against – and I went back to your numbers. I mean, you're, you're, you're so you're so close to the Hall of Fame. Like you're you're, you're, you're to, to even say that you're you you should be you're in that argument for Cooperstown. You know, a lot of guys that played with you would think, you know, they man, that's a Hall of Fame player. I mean, we 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 would even say that that kind of stuff. So, you know, when you look back at uh you know at your career as far as you as a hitter. When you, what was your approach as a hitter? Like when you were in the box, man, what, what were you thinking when that guy was on the mound? Yeah. Um, first of all, thanks, man. Um, that yeah. was nice of you to say, yeah. No, you bro. Know, it's me, legit, I, you know what? You know, it's funny. I was telling Chinch, it, the one thing I love about this, this podcast or show that we do or whatever, you know, it gives me a chance to really, to um, go back and, look at my friends and find out how good they were. Cause you know, I mean, like, seriously, you got to do the research. And I go back and I'm like, whoa like and then that's why i started to look at the cooperstown thing because i'm like man i look at mikey young's numbers and i go there has to be some cooperstown comparisons here then i start looking at the cooperstown comparisons and you can make a case for you being a cooperstown so i just want to throw that out there like that hey listen whatever happens happens but man you you to me had a cooperstown career appreciate it bro thank you um you know one i i had a just a a ton of like just fun, you know, shit, man. It's, it's, it's fun up there. It's fun to play up there. And, you know, for, for me, um, I know you like talked about like approach wise when I was in there, like I, I try early on, I was very, very simple and fundamental, like really try and bear down fastballs and adjust otherwise, you know, but then you start getting some at bats under your belt and you start racking up say 40, 50 at bats against starting pitchers. And then like the fun chess match comes in, right? Like, then it's like, I know he's going to land a breaking ball first pitch. I'm just not going to let him do it. I'm going to try and get on this thing quick. So that's the fun part to me is when you start becoming a bit of a veteran hitter and you're facing veteran pitchers and you're trying to figure out, you're trying to stay one step ahead of the guy that you've seen for so long, right? That to me was like really, really fun stuff. But I tried to keep it super fundamental and trying to like, honestly, take my approach game to game. You know, if I barreled up a heater away, my first at bat, I know that I'm probably not going to get that again. So, you know, I'd, I'd be ready to rock on something in. Um but, you know, they just kind of just start subtracting stuff in my mind as the game went on. 
And but you know, if it came down to came down to not being very sure, I tried to just look for heater down the middle and go from there. Right, right, run to hunt the heater and, and and anything up that's that's slow, go off it. What about your approach though, Mikey? As far as your your swing, like you kind of had the to- you had a little unique kind of Michael Young. Yeah. It was I don't know if it was a stutter step. It was more like a tap and then yeah. go, or it was like a set. Get your foot down early, real early, and then yeah. go. You know, yeah. where, where did you get that, and why did you do it? So I, I, I before two strikes, I was always always a toe tapper. And I played with Rafael Palmeiro, who was a toe tapper. I played with Pudge, who was a toe tapper. So I kind of saw that. And I'm like, and after my first, maybe my second year in the big leagues, I'm like, I need like a better rhythm timing mechanism. So I kind of went off that and I used that the rest of my career. So before two strikes, I always did that and I felt super locked in with it. Uh, but then I, I just didn't like what I was doing with two strikes at all. And I felt like I needed to make a bit of an adjustment. Um, I hated the concept of striking out. I, I did strike out, but I, I hated striking out, especially if there's runners out there to knock in. That, that just drove me nuts. So a lot of times with two strikes, I mean, I, I kind of like had this idea that, you know, I'm, I'm, odds are because I'm trying to protect against breaking ball away or heater in. And there's lots of cover. I just really want to make sure my head didn't move. And I, I believe the swing is from the ground up. So if I was super calm with my lower body, my head's going to stay still. Uh, looking back, I might have done it a little differently, but it worked at the time. So I would kind of just get my front book down super, super early. And uh, I got used to it after a while. A lot of hitters come to me like, if you, how are you, you kill momentum like that. And I'm like, I'm just kind of used to it now. You know, I, I just, right. it just feels fine. Um, but my head would stop and I was able to kind of just see the ball as deep as I could with two strikes to kind of just make contact, especially with guys on base and guys, guys out there to knock in. Were you ever think because dude, you were so good. You, you you were such a line to line guy. Like I always admired that about you. Like like yeah, you want to try and pitch Michael Young away. He's gonna hammer one down the right field in the right center gap. Like ball in. So were, were you like were you ever were you looking were you looking to go to right field and react in you know yeah. or was it or were you up there looking to pull and just you know how I just hit one to right right. I think it was like count to count right count to count base like pitch to pitch. I was trying to like try and set like how I was gonna look let it go a little bit. One thing that I did is I, I arm bar. Um, shit, you play with Griff and Griff was, an Oh my God, I'm not, dude. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm not putting like, myself in that category. Trust me. But like, yeah. I always, I always admired. I, I don't know how he would arm bar and buddy with balls to the pull side to right. It was just like, that's what makes him King Griffey Jr. Right. But like for right. me, I had a tough time early in my career pulling the ball near my top hand would get super involved. So my, my target spots were kind of like left center to like the right field line. You know, that's kind of where my swing kind of went, you know? So I got a little better about controlling it as my career went on. So in certain counts, I can really let it eat and get the ball in the air to the full side. But for the most part, like my path kind of just took me that way. Um, and once I kind of realized that, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to kind of really feed into this and really dial, dive into it. Because uh, there's worse things than be able to kind of, you know, really stay line gap to gap and just kind of build off of that. Yeah. So that was kind of my approach. And um you know, if I if I got something like you said, soft up, then I was definitely trying to get it up in the air to left field. And and were you thinking? I love this question too because you know, I, I people always ask, well, what do you know? What am I doing? Am I rotating my lower half? Because listen, you and I could take a swing. We could break it down eighty thousand different ways. You could, I could tell you how your toes are supposed to move, all that stuff. But as a hitter, like for me, I was more of a hands guy. I was like, okay, I got to really get my hands working correctly, and my body will follow. Were you a hands guy? Were you more of a body guy? You know, what, what was, what was like, if you had to teach your kids their swing right now, bam, where are you going? What's the most important thing? I, I was, I always thought hands for sure. Yeah. If my hands were working. I could hit. Um, yeah. If they were working the way I wanted them to work, I felt like I can hit. 
Um, I feel like when you start getting to your mid twenties and you start just getting, you know, you do some work on a weight room and you start feeling that strong base, right. in your leg and it's really working, you can kind of use that ground force for some strength. It doesn't do any good if your hands aren't, aren't working, right. Or if you're in an, in and out of the zone or if your top hand's super happy or whatever the case may be. But if my hands were kind of like going right and they felt quick and loose and, and, and on time and rhythmic, then I feel like I was in a hit. So that was always my focus, knowing full well that, you know, your lower body is incredibly important. Uh, but I felt like my hands were my trigger. If I can, if yeah. my hands were working properly, I wasn't going to be able to hit. Well, I like that. Yeah. Well, they, are, they work properly. It's, one th- it's so funny. People will, you know, will ask me, well, hey, where are some of the hardest hit balls? You might remember this ball. What are some of the hardest balls hit to you? And I'm like, and I'm thinking, I can't believe Michael Young probably hit me the hardest ball at first base ever. I don't even remember in Detroit, Verlander was pitching. You hit a freaking absolute and i think as a as a first baseman you're not looking for that right you know the right-handed hitter to hit you a bullet like you know it might be something that's curving but dude i don't know if you you caught this ball it was hit so hard i didn't even see it and it almost hit me in the teeth like it took a it took a it took a hop bro and i was boom i like i went backwards i i it dude it, it hit me and i started to fall like fall backwards something and i'm like I, I, and I was like, I looked so not athletic, which, you know, wasn't hard at times, but anyway, you know, but I was literally, I literally, it almost hit me in the teeth, Mikey, and I fell backwards. And I remember thinking, holy shit, I caught that ball. Like, how did I catch that ball? Sit so hard. And then I look up and Verlander's not covering. I'm like, what the hell? Verlander's not covering. I was like, I just made an unbelievable play off a yeah. bullet. But I just remember like you hitting me one of the hardest balls ever. So thank God, you know, I, I would have no teeth now. We wouldn't be doing this call <laughs> if I didn't catch that freaking ball. Dude, I, I know the feeling. <laughs> Like, uh, you, you don't expect the oppo guys to do that. Uh, that was, uh, when I was at third, that was freaking Robinson Cano. Same thing. Like, I wasn't expecting something hot to come over there, you know? Right. right. Oh, like, it happened to happen a few times to that guy. Yeah. yeah. And Cano would just hot hit stuff yeah. coming that way. That's so true. Where did you like playing more often? Did you like the hot corner? Did you like second and yeah. short? Did you like second or short better? Because you obviously play a lot of them. Where did, what was your favorite? Second was my best spot for sure. I felt great there. I wish I, I wish I could have spent my whole career there, to be honest. Like it was my, my, my most instinctive, my best position. Uh, but short was the most fun. You know, it's short yeah. time. And you're, you're, you see everything. You're in charge of everything. You're right smack dab in the middle of everything. You see signs. You see pitchers, you know, what they're shaking to. You know, you, you just see the whole thing. And to me, that's like being right in the middle of the action. And, you know, every, any time a ball's in the gap, boom, there you go. You know, I remember being at third, and uh, I got moved to third, and there was a, a ball in the left center field gap. I took off. I had to go be the cutoff man. So, like, that was my first lesson. Like, I'm sitting next to you, know, I'm like, just at third, I'm like, damn, I just I just get to chill here. It's like you can make plays, and you, you chill at third. So, uh short was like you you don't do that you're you're in the ball you're involved in all the action so shortstop was the most fun um but second my best spot did, did you find that playing middle infield helped you concentrate more just overall on a game like i only played in college but i was moved from the infield to the outfield and i used to have to f- find i just have to find the concentration more like you don't feel as in the game like could could you take what you you know, playing in the middle infield, you're on, on every pitch, every pitch, then you go back to play. Was that too, was that tiring or do you think it helped with your, with your offense? I think it helps. I think it helps. And it, it kind of takes your mind off. If you're scuffling offensively, you can forget about it. It's super easy because, you know, you got to dial in on defense, right? It's too important uh, in, those, in those positions. So, and it's just easy to kind of like just get back into the rhythm of the game and be super present. 
so yeah, I felt that like playing in the middle was was actually really really helpful in that sense. I look at your career 300 average, bro, and I just know when I went to Boston uh, my last year, I was off the bench and I was hitting 301. I'm like, do I even want to play this year? Because if I freaking throw a 240 out there and I'm a 299 career hitter, I'm gonna be pissed. That's what I was. <laughs> And so oh. I do. I did you think the same thing? Because you landed dab on three hundred. You had to have, when you were with the Phillies and the Dodgers at the end. You had to thought, oh, if I shit the bed here and be a two ninety nine career career after all those hits, I'll be pissed. I didn't think. I, first of all, yes, I would have been pissed. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I didn't think about it until at the end. I knew when the season ended. I knew I was considering shutting it down, and the Dodgers wanted to bring me back. And I didn't really think about it until. Until the end, right? Like I'm, uh, I start looking at it, and I start, you know, you know, start pros and cons. Am I going to keep going, or am I going to shut it down? Right. And all of a sudden, I look, I'm like, whoa. And I was like, <laughs> oh. Going into my age, what, 37 or 38 season? You ought to be hitting three bills again. I aren't good right now, man. <laughs> right. So I agree, dude. Like, yeah, like I'm down, I'm hitting 298 after all that. No, oh. that's, that's no good at all. Yeah. God. No good. 2,300 some hits, and you're. Uh, he's 298 you're like no, oh that's oh, just a kick in the stones yeah it really is dude it really that's a kick is. in the stones yeah. mikey when you look back at um at guys that you know we, we like that we like to sometimes talk about who who owned you and who did you own who are the guys when you look back and go man I, i'm so glad he's on the mound and then you look on the mound and go oh man we're, we're, it's time to grind tonight yeah you know dude it's super super random you know like uh you know i faced uh john lackey at ton um yeah. great dude competed his ass off yeah, uh, big time and the numbers might say that i did okay but i never felt like that when i was facing him if that makes sense you know what i mean i've always felt comfortable I, it, it, it was never comfortable right and yeah. maybe maybe one reason why numbers might say they were my favorites i knew i had to really really lock it in and it was never never a comfortable at best 355 so, yeah, i would never say i would never use the word own there because i didn't feel that one bit i just think it's fortunately some things went my way 355 what were the numbers 355 with a 396 on base percentage six doubles 16 ribbies in 100 plate appearances there we go lackey would take it if i when i have lackey on the show which i'm gonna do he's gonna be like michael young owned me no 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 I, I, first of all, like I, 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 I love Lack, man. It was, it was the uh, best. Those are the ones. Those are the at bats. Honestly, like when the career's over, those are the ones you miss, right? Because right. that's like what we're, you know, I, he's doing everything he can to get me out. I mean, just a balls to the wall competitor, and I'm, I'm trying to fight it all off, man. I'm trying to kind of like be aggressive up there and do what I do, and that, those are the, the chess matches, you know, that that you just miss. It's just, it, it was fun stuff. Um, yeah. Honestly, man, like there, there were some people I felt fine against. Um, uh, you know, I think it was. I remember a dude named Brandon Backy came up with Tampa Bay, and oh, then yeah. he went to Houston. And I started yes. out, I was like oh my five God. five against him with some doubles and did, doing fine. And then he's starting for Houston, and I think it's like a, a Saturday game, and he's like or a Sunday game. He's like, man, you're like five for five against me, and this was like, and I was like. Five for five is not that big a deal, dude. It's only probably that fast, right? But then I think I went in this third inning. I think I was two for two with two homers. And I'm seven for seven with like two doubles and two homers. And I remember I'm going to short, and I'm like, yeah, I think I, I think I do own this one right now. Like, this one. Eleven uh, for fifteen. Eleven, 11 for fifteen. 11 for 15. <laughs> oh my god. 
that was like probably one guy that like really really stood out because it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have stood out if he hadn't mentioned it. he was he like mm. said it and i mean as a hitter dude like you're looking for every advantage you got yeah. and i know one thing dude there were plenty of pitchers that had my number and not a shot in hell i would have told them i got an interesting one for you because you got this guy a couple times and he got you a bunch wakefield first of all you faced oh, wakefield dude. so much nightmare <laughs> nightmare okay so here's the thing i would absolutely tell wake i think i might have told him uh that because i consider that to be like a real at bat and i'm not i don't mean that to be disrespectful but right. There was oh, no yeah. chess match. It's just, am I going to hit there's his no process. Or not? <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. No, there's, there's no, no process. process. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no process. And dude, I tried everything. I think I went up there one time with like a like a 36-inch pad. I tried everything. Like, and none of it worked. None of it worked. I think one time, like my, my hardest contact, the the as I started facing Wake later, I he started throwing some heaters in like spots where it didn't really matter. Right. So say I'm leading off the game and Boston's got like a six run lead right? and he's two and oh, he's going to throw me a heater. And right. I started knowing that. And I'm like, holy shit, two and oh, here comes 75 down the middle. I'm going to be all over the scene. <laughs> like, that was like the only times I actually like did well against Wake. Me and Beltre were laughing about it all the time. Me and Beltre and my numbers against Wakefield were embarrassing. Like, they just killed us, man. I don't know how guys did it. I don't know how they did it. Hey, he, was, he, was, he was a absolute handful. I just that was the uh, the code I couldn't crack, man. Just couldn't do yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my god. What what about what about Beltre, man? Like you you play with you, you've named some guys like A Rod, Pudge, Palmero, Beltre. I know you played with Tex for a long time too. I mean, you played with some really good players. Like, give me those two guys right there. Talk about a little bit about Beltre. What made him so great? His numbers are unbelievable, and 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 also uh, Tex. When you played, when I mean, Tex was one of the best in the game when he was with Texas. Really was, dude. Like, so I played with Tex first. Like, uh, Tex came up, you know, high profile dude from Georgia Tech, and all the pressure in the world on him. But like, it didn't take long to realize like how good he was. Like, first of all, like, oh. like I don't know how switch hitters do it. They're just aliens. Like, how in the, it's hard enough to do it in one side. I don't know how they do it. It's the it nightmare. Blows me away. It's incredible. Incredible. And um, one thing about Tex I love, being when, when he was with us, he was, I was playing short. He was an unbelievable defender at first, too. So, you know, it, it, in case when you're playing first, like, yeah. there's a lot of confidence, man. I can just let it eat. And he's got it. He's going to make it happen over there. You know, as yeah. long as I don't throw it in the weeds in the eighth row, he's going to He's going to pick it. Yeah, he's going to pick, pick it. it. Yeah. Um, and one thing I love about Tex, like, crazy durable really really a competitive dude um like took a lot of pride in his game always in great shape strong as an ox yeah. um and just a good dude like he and i are great friends this day and i, I really lo- enjoyed my time with tex man i mean yeah. he ended up having a great career spent most of it in new york and won a championship and kind of one of those guys you talk about case like i told him i, th- I know he's on the hall of fame ballot this year and um i don't think he got enough to stay on but i said i'm like dude you're a hall of famer in my book man that's yeah, just I, unbelievable i agree career um and he always so, had you know that he had that little waggle you're like he's about to crush something oh, like yeah. you would you would just see him doing that he it was a little aggressive and you're like this guy's yeah. about to hit a bullet and he usually did yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he usually did it was sick. Oh my God. sick just a great 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 player man it, it's like one of those guys case like like you said like their hall of famers are going to get their credit no matter what because they, they right. deserve it they're they're unbelievably right. great players but there are other guys who aren't going to be hall of famers and you hope that they don't that people don't forget who they were. You know what yeah. I mean? Because they were that freaking good. You know, the other day, yeah. I think someone was talking about, um, 
it was random. We were in the minor, I was with the minor leaguers and someone mentioned Grady Sizemore. Everybody's like, who? I'm like, yeah. you need to know who that dude was. Uh, yes. like, that was a no joke freaking baller. And if he hadn't gotten hurt, yeah. look out. Yeah. Like just exactly. an unbelievably great player that people might have forgotten about, but the guys who played against him didn't forget. They know. They know. That's, that's what I mean. Like the guys, like I, we had Lance Berkman on. I go, I don't, Berkey, I said, I don't care what, what's going on in Cooperstown. They must be, they must be not looking at the numbers because you're a Hall of Famer. Because when, when I played against you, you're a Hall of Famer. And then you go back and look at Will Clark. Will Clark looks at some of his numbers. He dominated for all those years. Like, I don't know, Mattingly. Like there's so many guys. That's why I say younger, you and, and, and Tashera. Look at those guys. Look at your, not like these guys' numbers. That's why I think when you look at Cooperstown, it's the hardest Hall of Fame to get into. If you guys are playing in the NFL, the NBA, you're Hall of Famers. But in, for whatever reason, baseball, they're, you know, and, and I think times are going to be changing because guys aren't going to play 20 years anymore. 3,000 hits isn't going to be a thing. You know, 20, uh, um, 300 wins, like the, the criteria, 500. It's already yeah, gone, dude. You know what I mean? So they're going to have to reevaluate and look back at guys and go, nah, uh, to this day's standard, you've got to look back at some of these guys and go, maybe those guys are Hall of Famers. Right. I agree, man. I mean, look at, I mean, some of the names you just mentioned are spot on. Will Clark never slowed down. Like, I think, yeah. I think he went home because uh, he, had, he, had, he had family stuff he was really trying to address at home. And um, uh, he never slowed down. It's not like he hit that peak towards the end of his career where he's like, oh, Will's slowing down. And he was like, literally good the entire time. <laughs> He just, decided, he just decided for whatever reason, like God bless him, man, whatever his reasons are, for personal reasons, yeah. he decided to go home. Yeah, his last um, his but, last full year, he hit 319 with 21 and 70 <laughs> at, at 36 God. with yeah, two teams. 36 years old. Like, he never slowed down. Like, that's like a Hall of Famer. Lance Berkman's numbers are stupid. Stupid. Stupid numbers. Um, and there's just guys like that, you know, and I, I hope that they don't get forgotten, man, because they were, they were really tremendous, tremendous players. And and then you look at you, you mentioned Adrian, and you like you look at his numbers like, okay, that's a, <laughs> a knockdown Hall of Famer, right? It's right. Like, that's your that's crazy. your slam dunk. Yeah, right. Yeah. Crazy. You know, it's a weird case. Like I played against Adrian a lot when he was in Seattle, and I knew he was good. One the one thing I really respected about him was that he played all the time. I think one time he took a he took a ground ball to the junk, and he still because Adrian oh. didn't wear a cup. Oh, he didn't. Yeah. Oh my no, gosh, dude! At the hot corner. At the hot oh, corner. My. God. Yeah, so the thing blew up like a helium balloon, and he, <laughs> <out of sleep. laughs> he did. Yeah, I'd have been like, put me on the IL, put me on the IL right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll see you next year. I'm out. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> so that, I mean, so he was crazy, uh, tough dude, crazy durable, and I knew he was a great player. I had no idea how great until I played. Like, like you know, some guys like they take BP, and you're like, wow. And then they take ground balls. Wow. They throw their bullpens. Wow. Then they, when the lights come on, you, you always want guys who perform in the game. That's when it, that's when it matters. Right. They, right. That's the ball. Line. Adrian's a friggin' game performer. Like when the game's on, look out. Like he's, I, I don't remember seeing many better game performers than him. Just an unbelievably great player, man. Like uh, his numbers are crazy. He's like, all time in doubles and hits yeah. and runs yeah. and like these these with these big time names, and then like you you factor in how great he was at third man, it's just a legendary career man, just yeah yeah, yeah. wow that, that's awesome. Now you went to seven All Star games. That's right, right? 
Seven, yeah. Seven? Seven. That's pretty good. That means you're a good player. Anyway, um, seven all-star games. But but you had see I went to I went to three all-star games and I'm over two with with uh, I grounded out to short and I punched out. So I'm like, God, my my all-star games kind of kind of sucked. Yeah. And then I was on the DL for one of them, like just coming out. I was like, ah, you know, I was like, I got no like all-star game memories. Now you do. And it was one of them was back in 2006 when you were the MVP of the All-Star game. You what well, I think you hit that two-run triple in the ninth, right? That was awesome. Yeah. Take us back. Like you got seven All-Star games. Give us two stories from your All-Star games that you look back that you still tell to this day. So yeah, uh, 06 is probably the first one. Um, you know, we're facing. We're in the. That was my third. My third All-Star game. Uh, the first one. You, you know how it goes, man. You're just like kid in yeah. the candy store, man. You're taking yeah. it all in and. Uh, that, was in Houston. that was in that was in Houston. I was at that. I was at that game too. What do you remember? Point. What do you did, 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 did Muhammad Ali come into your clubhouse? Sure oh. did. Yeah, I got the autograph still in my my little room over there, man. Yeah, dude, how cool is that? that was unbelievable. Yeah, tell me, tell me about your Ali experience. Oh, dude, it was like he he walks in the clubhouse and like you know it was a trip though, right? Because I'm like my first All Star game and I'm not trying to step on toes. And he walks in the All Star game and. All the familiars go back to, you know, Manny and Jeter and Alex are like all talking to him. And I'm like trying to pick my spot to go in there. <laughs> the next thing you know, there's this big ass circle around Muhammad Ali and I'm on the back. On the back. Like, <laughs> so like, I had to like wait my turn, right? I'm like, they're all like just trying to like find my little entrance in there to kind of like meet the guy. I finally did. Got like, just like, he's, there, there's certain guys that you have like that, that wow factor. Like, holy, like this is who I'm. Yeah, that's I'm Muhammad right Ali. Now. You know, yeah. when I was in baseball, first time playing against Griff, I was like, dude, that's King Griffey Jr. Like, exactly. I was yeah. doing a batting stance like when I was a kid, right? And, <laughs> dude, you know, I was I locker the, next to I was locker next to him going, that's King Griffey Jr. That King never Jr. got old, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. You know, when I went to the Dodgers, like, I met Magic. I'm like, that's Magic. I grew up in LA. <laughs> Magic Johnson, dude. Like, you know, Muhammad Ali clearly, and for obvious reasons, is like probably like the, the top guy at that, right? So it was yeah. just a super cool experience. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that one. That Houston game was a lot of fun. I had a blast. Hey, yeah, what about you? Awesome. Were in an 08 game at Yankee Stadium that lasted like 950 hours, right? I, I think I just left. Like, it, oh, it did you? Like, <laughs> all night. Yeah, that was a big. Maybe, thing. No, that was that was a long one. That was like a special one though, because that was um, the last year of old Yankee Stadium, mm -hmm. and I love that place, man. That place was the best. That place was the best, and um, that place in Fenway. Like, I'm a baseball purist, man. That place in Fenway are like. My two special mm -hmm. spots yeah. playing, um, but that thing I think it went like fifteen or some innings. I got yeah. four ABs in an All Star game. <laughs> did you really? Did, did, man, did I'm you at come five? I don't even know. Like, did was, you start? Who'd you come? Who'd you come in for? Or did you start that? So game? That was that was the thing about coming in playing shortstop in the American League at the time. I'm like, just let me know when Derek gets tired. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, that was so. Uh, I remember we, we were uh, we were playing in New York, and then Tito was the manager, and Tito's the man. The best. And uh, he goes, hey, listen, he goes, when you go in, he goes, um, I'll probably let Derek take the field, and you can just walk out there. That way he gets the ovation from the fans. So uh, he's like, all right, you're on, go. So I walk and jog out there, and Derek comes off. The crowd's going crazy. And I kind of like, you know, say, hey, good job. And he goes, he goes heads up, Pujols going to hit the shit out of this one. You're right there. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, you know, like. I dig in there, and you know, Albert's like, like this is freaking seed. Yeah, I look at the dugout, and he's like, I you, dude. You. like yeah. yeah, that was uh, that was, but that was a fun one, man. Oh wait, and Yankee Stadium was fun, but that that was six game. You know, winning MVP in an All Star game is like kid stuff, right? The stuff you think about when you're watching right. kids. So that was um, 
pretty cool. Facing Trevor Hoffman, just a, one of the best closers of all time. It was a it's a pretty cool, pretty cool game, man. Yeah, that's cool, man. That was a and, and you know what? And the when you watch the All Star games, you're hoping you don't get a chance to see like you know big hits like that or late you know late in the game. Sometimes the All Star games, you know, one team is crushing or the other. So that was just a cool, cool game to watch. You know what I mean? It was yeah. a cool, cool game to watch. What about what about? Um, I, I'd be crazy not to mention. Because uh, D-Row talks about him all the time, like, oh, Rudy Hermeel. First off, DeRosa, one time I go, he went to text, I go, quit stealing Michael Young's secrets, okay? Because <laughs> did you just go into Michael Young, Young and just say, hey, bro, I'm just going to be like you. Let's sit down and watch tape together, and I'm going to turn into you. Because D-Row started looking like you. He's like, well, it was really Rudy Hermeel, too, and, 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 you know, and Mikey help me Young or help me out. So tell me about D-Row cloning you, and then what oh, did dude. Rudy Hermeel have to do with it? Uh, Rupert, well, Rudy, Rudy is the greatest, man. Like, I think like hitting coaches too, it's like sometimes they give you like cool mechanical stuff that you can do and sometimes they help yeah. you swing. But for the most part, dude, the hitting coaches is the guy that you lean on for like, I want to talk to this guy. I want to talk to him about how I feel. I want to talk to him right. about, I want to see him. And I, I want to have like almost like some, some like unspoken communication with him. Right. right. And Rudy and I had that because they, you know, he was my hitting coach the day I got to the big leagues and he was there probably, I think like eight or nine years. Wow. And we had that. And we would, we would, um, and we'd always like, when I, I knew we were close because I started rec- seeing like, I talked to him like, Hey, what are we looking for today? It was always we, like, what are we doing? What are we doing, <laughs> what are we doing yeah. today? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are we looking for from this guy? You know, what, what's up? What's our plan? You know? And yeah. we came up with it, you know, and if there were a in the box, I thought one off and, you know, and I'd look at him, he'd kind of just do one little thing, and I'd be like, yep, yeah, that's about it. And it's easy to kind of make, you know, in-pitch adjustments. Um, so Rudy was just an unbelievable dude and just uh, had a huge, huge impact on my career. And I know he had one on, on D's, too. Dero loved Rudy, man. So when Dero got there, he got there, I think, 2005. And uh, I think he was, uh, he just blew out his knee, I think, with the Braves, and he was kind of like getting back to being healthy again. And he comes with us and we're in the weight room in spring training. And I remember thinking like my first thoughts of D-Row are like, first of all, dude's like pretty jacked dude. Jacked, yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, this dude's fucking funny. Like every time he opens his mouth. <laughs> he's so time, funny. <laughs> he's got the Jersey accent. Every time he opens his mouth, I found that I was laughing. I mean, it didn't matter what he said. He's like, you know, I'm going to go get a banana in the water. And I'm freaking doubled over. <laughs> and everything he said was funny. So... We ended up like in no time at all, probably like halfway through his first year there. We were already like best friends in the team to this yeah. day. Like in my time in the big leagues, D Rowe is like one or top three of all time. Just an unbelievably great teammate. Right. Dude. The best. The best, man. And uh, <laughs> had, a, had a hell of a career, man. You know, just, yeah. um, and everyone who played with him just raves about him. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I love D, man. I, when he signed with the Cubs, I totally got it, but I was super bummed that he, that he was going to bounce. But yeah, I, I missed him. Well, sure, he feels him. the same way about you too, bro. When I'm on MLB Central, I'll be like, yo, Mikey Young said, like, dude, like, that guy was a killer. That guy was a killer. He was like, every, you know, he's just <laughs> like, okay. I go, we got to get younger on the show at some yeah, point. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so great. What about the game today, bro? Like, like you know, obviously, we played in the same generation. I have my thoughts on it, but like, you know, you're not that far out. You're 2013. You only, you know, did you see the shift? Is the pitching that much better? Like, what is the difference in the in the game today than maybe when we when when you first came up and I was playing? I think the pitching is is definitely the stuff's better. That's I think that's yeah. cool. stuff is better. Uh, guys yeah. go harder. They they stay out of patterns. I think a little better. You know, I remember like coming up when I was um, 
even a rookie, and I'm facing Roger Clemens, and he's throwing 95, 96, and he's like a freaking 6'4", 4,000 pounds on the mound. And, <laughs> but if I'm going to have 1 2 one 3 one count, I'm getting a heater. I was getting a heater. 100%. The day, the, those days are gone, man. Like the, You don't know what you're getting, and, it, and it's fuzzy coming in there too. So I, I do think the pitching is better. Um, because of that, I think the hitter's got to figure out a way to figure out a way to punch back, right? And right now, like, dry, like hey, man, I'm all, I'm all for it. If you get into a certain spot and you had a favorable count and you're trying to, you know, make an impact on the game, hell yeah, man, let your get your a swing going, man. Let hit right. barrel some stuff up. Hopefully, get some backspin and get out of the yard. But if I'm facing a dominant dude and I'm an o two one two counts like, and I'm trying to drive the ball in the tenth row, I'm gonna get out. For me personally, I, I'm going to be out. I can't, I can't right. hit like that. So yeah, I, I do think though that I think the shift started kind of coming in when I was at the at, at the end. I, I think they're probably on their way out now. Um, you know, I was talking. I've talked to a lot of. I've seen both things. Like for me personally, like if I see a shift, I'm going to try and just I'm going to beat the shift. That's right. it. Man. But you, you, you're a guy that could be. You're you could beat the shift though. Yeah. If I was, in, especially guys in scoring, I'm, I'm not going to run and I'll do it right. whatever way I have to. Um, but I, I've talked to a lot of really good hitters. And they said, man, it's just not – the stuff is so good. It seems easy on TV to be able to kind of just slap a ball to left field. He goes, man, I, I've tried it. It's just not that easy. That's how, that's how good the stuff is. So they feel like the best way to have success is to really let their swings go and try and drive the ball to the ballpark. So that's a really interesting thing. You know, like I, I never would have thought about that. As I would say, yeah. hey, I'm going to do whatever. I'll hit the thing off my watch. I'll put right, a grenade right. out there. And <laughs> I have no pride, man. I'll, I'll, yeah. I, will, I don't have to barrel the snot out of this thing. I'll, I just want to get those runs in. So way. Yeah, just try and find a way. Um, and, and I think that the guys are, are saying sometimes it's easier said than done to do that. So, you know, one thing I'm, I'll never try and I'll try and always remind myself is that this game is really, really difficult. Um, yeah. And, you know, hitting is not easy, man. It's, it's really, really hard. Yeah. So. yeah, it's funny. Once you get done, I, I told myself, too, that as it, when I went to MLB Network, I said, listen, don't ever forget how fast it is. Don't ever forget how hard it is. Don't ever forget how, you know, how much of a grind mentally it is. Like, you know, the game is so fast. I always say, like, I, I admire a guy like you playing the other side of the infield, short and, you know, short and third. You go to make a backhanded play in the big leagues. You, your footwork has to be impeccable and you got to get it. It's got to be on its way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like the, the, the timing of a shortstop that goes into the hold and he makes a play. I, I tell my kids all the time, I was like, well, you're, you're, you're not appreciating that. Yeah. You're, not, you're, not, you're not appreciating that. But like, that, clock, that guy, clock yeah. Perfect. It was perfect. The clock's yeah. got to be perfect, right? Yeah. You know, it's, absolutely. it's, it's, it's phenomenal. So, yeah. you know, I, I look back at that, I'm like, wow, man, the, the, you know, those guys, you know, just are really good. Um, last question that I want to throw out there is about your manager. You know, you played 14 years in the big leagues. You know, who were some of the favorite guys you played with and why? I got lucky there, Case. I mean, the longest guy I had was Ron Washington, who was the man. The, he oh. the, why was he the man? Why was, he, why was Wash the man? Because a lot of guys say that. I could be here all day. <laughs> So, first of all, you get to the ballpark and you walk past Wash's office. And this is right. back in the days. I mean, you, you played for Jim Leland, too. Same thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, smoke coming out of it. <laughs> yeah. So and you walk, you walk in and, like, you like you kind of, like, wave you through it. And you're like, what's Wash, up? Wash, you there? Oh, yeah. And all you can hear is he's like, what's, and, he, and he always gave, like, these 
these uh, these random nicknames for guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He called he call, he call me Migo. <laughs> I believe you spelled that, that M-I-G-O. That's what he called me. What's up, Migo? I'm like, I'll take it, bro. I'll, I'll. And so, so through the smoke and through the booming of Snoop, he'd call me Migo, right? That's what you, that's right. what you get in Washington's office. So, but dude, like one thing I will say, man, this is a little bit, it didn't take me long to really love him. You go to spring training and Wash is like an active manager. He's hitting fungos. He's throwing BP. He is active. He's not just kind of chilling. He is, he's working. Sweat coming down his face. You take ground balls with this dude. And you never feel the same about infield defense again. He hits you the first ground ball, right? And if you say you've been around the game for a little bit, you take your first ground ball, it's like, boom. He's like, yeah. And you're like, damn, I'm, it's just one. <laughs> Two kicks. He does that every time. Yes. Yes. That's perfect. Next one, boom. So you fumble it. We're good. We're good. Remember what you did? And it's just nonstop enthusiasm, dude. And it just it doesn't take long before you have the same attitude. And it's just game on, right? Wow. And it's just, it's unbelievable. It's infectious, dude. You start feeling it. And he's that way when he throws BP to you. He throws great BP, right? Like money. Does BP. he money BP? Oh, oh. Money BP. Yeah. Nice little angle. Just hanging eaters right there. Yeah. So, and every time you take, you barrel the ball up, he's like, yeah. Like, it's just how he is, man. That's it's, awesome. It's, it's, you got to be around it, man. It, it, it's something else. You know, then. You know, I uh, when I got to Philly, I played for um, I played for uh, Charlie Manuel, who was dude. Char- yeah. Chuck was Chuck was the man. Chuck, by the way, one thing I love about Chuck, the most unapologetic pitcher hater of all time. He, he didn't like anybody. He didn't like his own. Not like his own. I remember we, we were we were in Philly. I remember he gave me a day off, and uh, I fought him on it. This is, I'll try I'll try and keep this brief. I fought him on a day off. We're facing Steven Strasburg. I was I was laying an egg. I'm like, no, nah, you can't give me a day off, Chuck. He's like, okay, I'll get back in there. You know, he talks, get back in there. Right? <laughs> yeah, you get back in there. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get back in there and Strasburg just shuts. I go for four or three punches. And like, yeah. <laughs> After the game, Chuck looks at me and he goes, I'm like, Chuck, I'll never argue again. Dude. You want to bench, you bench. <laughs> so fast forward like two weeks later, we're facing the Marlins and Jose Fernandez, rest in peace, is on the mound. Right. Gives me a day off. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take this one. So we're halfway through the game and Stanton's hitting when Stanton was a little younger, but still hitting balls on the moon. And he's like, Mike, come over here. And Chuck wants to talk. I walk over there. He's like, um, I just want you to know right now I would trade you and Cole and, Doc and Jimmy and Chase for Stanton right now. And all of a sudden, like during that bet, he's like, home, Stanton. Like, and he said it like four times during his at bat. And I'm pretty sure Stanton heard him. And he's like, who is Stanton? Like, Come on, Stanton. Oh, Stanton. Yeah. And like all the pitchers, like they're like Cole's looking at him like, really? Like, we're sitting right here. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. Did it all the time. He did it all the time. Dude, he loves great hitters. He loves great loves power hitters. hitters, man. He loves, loves hitters. Oh, yeah. Loves hitters and loves oh. guys who can throw some steam into it, dude. He loves yeah. Love Dude, I, I got a quick Charlie Manuel story. When I came up with the Indians in ninety, you know, in ninety eight was my first big league camp, and we had some ballers, man. Me, Richie Sexton, Russell Brandon, you know, we had some bangers that were in the minor leagues, and 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 Chuck treated us like gold. It was like so kind of, him. but he'd come down spring training game. Who wants to hit? Who wants to hit? We're going down the cages right now, and bam, he'd take all of our bench guys. We go down the cages on the curveball machine, whatever. But he, you know, all, and I was like, man, this guy's unbelievable. But as the more I was around, the more I realized. 
boy, he loves Tommy. He loves Manny Ramirez. He laved the bangers. Like, oh, yeah. Well, hey, boy, here, get the head out, boys. You got to get yeah. the head out. 3 1. I want to see balls either in the in the seats or in the seats over here, poolside. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're catching it out in front, dude. Right. Out front. You better yeah. get it out front. With the slider and you throw your bat in the stands, I won't care, but you better catch it out in front. <laughs> <laughs> so great dude that is so great um promise this is the last one before they do we do our nine before we do our nine and 90 the 2011 world series yeah i mean what i mean i don't know what to say because it was such a heartbreaker for you guys what do you remember about it and do you still think about like man if it went this way or that way yeah you know what dude like it I thought about it a lot for a while. I don't think about it as much anymore. Um, but I do remember like during the series, like I'm talking like during game four, game five, we would be on base or I'd say when I go to the dish and, and Yachty would be back there, we all knew we were in the middle of something special. We'd all be like, yeah, damn this. Cause I played in the world series the year before and the giants beat us in That's five. Right. Beat, That's beat right. Handily. They, they, they took it to us the year before and no one was saying that kind of stuff during the, during the series. You know, they had, they put their foot on the gas out of the gate and they, they won. Um, but that series, we, we knew we were in for it. You could have said in game two, we were like, well, this is going set. Oh, seriously. This is going wow. set. It wow. was, it was that, it was that intense. And, you know, we get into the sixth and game six and we do what we got to do and they execute down the road, man. That's a, that's a beautiful thing about baseball, dude. Like there's no, there's no clock here. You got to get all the outs. You got to score all the runs. If there was a clock shit, I'd have a ring right now. You know, like right, exactly. no yeah. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta handle it from the, from the get go. And, um, dude, they did they, it, as much as I'll never, you know, if I was on that side, I would never want anybody to kind of take credit away from me. Um, so I give them, I give them all the props on the world. We competed hard. I, I can't think of one thing other than some execution things here and there that we could have done different to win. Um, there's a couple of things I wish I had done. I'm sure we can drive ourselves crazy as players. Thinking exactly. Yeah. Done. Right. Should have could have like, we, we played well. We played really, really well. And, you know, and it's almost like in that world, in that world series, you want those last two games to be in your home ballpark. Um, right. You know, they, yep. they had them, they, they won, um, you know, they deserved it. They, they, they played great, uh, but it, it was, I mean, you play sports, at the highest level, man, as much as you yeah. want to win, as much as you want to win a world series, you're almost signed. You gotta be willing to get your heart broken, man. That, that's yeah. what you risk it all to, to, to get to that point. How, how and, stressful yeah. were those rain days? Weren't there rain outs that, in that series too, right? That must have been the worst experience, the worst day of your life, just sitting there waiting for the next World Series yeah. game. So, so my, my two my Skip Schumacher is one of my good buddies, and we go back and forth this all the time. He was on that. He was on that freaking eleven team. So I still I am a little chap. So they, so, <laughs> yeah, I got so, 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 so the in game we finished game five. We're up three two, going back to to St. Louis, right? And uh, they rain out game six. Not one drop falls, and they rained us out. Because the, we had faced Chris Carpenter in game five at home, we beat him. It's, it's Tony, so La Russa, Tony La Russa doing something, I'm telling you. Pulling the strings. <laughs> pulling the, the strings. Pulling the strings. Pulling yeah. the strings. <laughs> so now if we happen to lose game six, they can bring Carpenter back on a short rest in game seven. Otherwise, Carpenter wouldn't have been able to pitch. He was done. Right. Sure dead. enough, they have a rain delay. Not one freaking drop falls. Now, granted, we should have never got to that point because we, if we if we win in game six, then, then we win. Right. But sure enough, like, so anyway, you mentioned the rain delays. 
And that rain delay had Carpenter back out there for game seven. And I think he, he went, I think, six good ones or something like that mm-hmm. and, and threw great. And that's what Carp did, right? He's a tough dude and really, really yeah. good pitcher. So that was a that was a they caught a break on that one with the with the rainout to get Carp back out there. Yeah, yeah. What a World Series, though, bro! Like if yeah. he, even as a, as a fan to look back, you look at 2011. Like I think that's one of those those are this one of the greatest World Series ever. Just mm-hmm. the the back and forth, and it was it was incredible. Yeah. All right, really the, the dude. The last thing we do, we do this thing called nine and ninety. Chinch has nine questions. I'll answer first, and then you answer second. And they're just fun, dumb questions. Chinch, take <laughs> yeah. it away, Chinch. All right, here we go. Hall of Fame baseball broadcaster Marty Brenneman here. It's time for 9 in 90, the most ridiculous segment in all of sports. Oh, first one's easy. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner, your favorite? Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm a dinner. Dinner's my favorite. Dinner. Dinner. Even yeah. though I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I, I can go for a big boy breakfast right now too with the pancakes yeah. and all this stuff. With uh-huh. it, I'm a dinner guy. I'm with you on that. All right, ping pong or billiards, Sean? I know you're in. Oh, uh, ping pong, hundred percent. But I like billiards, but ping pong. I do too. I have a, I have a pool table in there, and there's a ping pong table over it. So right now, it's all you got. How often have you used that billiards table? I didn't until I put them. Now, me and my kids play ping pong all the time. <laughs> all the time. Hey, the, the billiards table is all dusty. Yeah. Yeah, dude. yeah, hey, kid, let's get it. Let's get a $10,000 billiards table and put a ping pong table over, and then we'll start using it. <laughs> oh, this is good. If you're Speaking of kids, if your kid asked you for a pet snake, would you say yes or no? No chance. I don't. I don't want to be sleeping and, and like having that thing crawl in my bed one night. I just don't need that hassle. Oh hell yeah, I, I do. I do. <laughs> dude, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you one quick story. Sorry, yeah. dude. Like yeah, no, 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 my, my I, my freshman year, I roll into the dorm and it's not a baseball player. It's some uh, I got a rando, and all of a sudden he, he comes in there and he's got he's got a snake. I was like. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, he's like, you don't like snakes? I'm like, no. Like, why, why? No one likes snakes. Stupid question is that? He's like, I guarantee you in a week you'll love this snake. So I was like, okay. So sure enough, he goes, uh, he, one night, like 10 guys come in the dorm and he's got a hat with like crumbled up papers. He goes, pick a number. And he goes, actually, give me 20 bucks. I just met this dude. I'm like, all right, give me 20 bucks, pick a number. And I pulled the thing apart and it says 10 seconds to 20 seconds. Okay. I was like, yeah, you think you know this. I was like, I don't know what this is. He was just hold on to it. So all of a sudden, everybody's like, everybody got their times? And I'm like, yeah, we just met each other. Pulls out a mouse, drops it in. Now you're trying to hit on your whoever gets the time. Oh, <laughs> right? But sure enough, I'm sitting there like this. The 10 second thing hits, and I go, hey. I'm like, you're just sitting in the corner. Get your ass on me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we only last like for a little because the babies are kind of like helpless. <laughs> when you're cold, you drop in there, it's like boom, it was dead. But so for like, we did it at least ten times. Oh, it was like the highlight of my week. I love it. So, yeah, I'm all in for this. So great. <laughs> See, I never had that experience. I never had that experience. Had I had that experience, it would be a different yes. story. All right, this is an interesting one. Let's just say you became a pro football player instead of a pro baseball player. Which position would you have been best at? Oh God, I was so slow. And uh, <laughs> let me think. I like maybe like a, how about like a guard? No, no, probably a tackle. I just have to beef up a lot, but probably like an offensive tackle. I can see that. Hold back. Long snapper, probably. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll have Mikey snap it to me. I'll be the punter. Oh, yeah. oh, there you that's go. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I had a kid try out for a long snapper on my high school team once. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was brilliant because he wasn't going to make the team. He didn't make the team anyway. Um, grossest food you've ever tried, Sean? Oh, man. Grossest food that pops into my head right now. Um, Didn't you have well, some Chinese thing in the, when you were with the Red Sox? What was that? Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say no. It was that. Uh, it was we were in we were in Japan, and uh, and I thought I was eating a piece of steak, and the and the waiter comes up to me. He's like, "Oh man, how do you like the cow tongue?" I'm like, "What <laughs> cow tongue?" But so I want to say that I want to say it was the worst thing I ever had, but it really was pretty good to tell you the truth. But I just didn't know. It kind of they bamboozled me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They caught you off guard. Caught me off guard. I would go with, uh, I've tried caviar before. I'm not a fan. Mm. I guess you're like, you're supposed to like it because it's a little steep, but I was out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, I Dude, I agree. Yeah, okay. I agree. I Give me a hot dog. Dude, for sure. <laughs> 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 yes. Can we big, big bread for this stuff? I'm out. Sure. Uh, um, what's more uh, annoying slash amateur hours? New Year's Eve or Valentine's Day? Uh, well, nowadays I go to bed so early. New Year's Eve, I'm like, I ain't stayed up. What are you nuts? I stayed up. I stayed up. But I think Valentine's Day is a little tired too because like you can't get a reservation. You end up cooking at home right nowadays. So at least I do. I don't, maybe I got to get better at that. Oh, dude, I, definitely Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is for the birds. I'm the I'm the, I'm the luckiest guy in the world because my wife hates me. Oh, like, don't plan a thing. And I also told her one time, I was like, I, I, was, I kind of felt bad because when we had young kids, we'd like try maybe go to dinner for Valentine's Day. But I'm like, I always felt bad because you're trying to find a sitter and you're basically assuming she can't swing a date. <laughs> like, That's a good point. <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is kind of cold-blooded, man. Yeah. Like, That's yeah, a great point. <laughs> Right. So good. Two more Sue, I know Sue, I know you're 16, but could you come over for Valentine's Day? Because I know you don't have a date either. You don't have a date, yeah. I know you, I know you have nothing to do. Get over here. <laughs> yeah. All right, Case, crunchy peanut butter or smooth? Oh, crunchy, 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm smooth by default just because that's what my kids eat. But mm. like, for me, oh, I'm definitely going the crunchy route, but the kids do the creamy stuff. So that's what we got. In our house. So, yeah, you, you eat like the, they eat half their sandwich, you eat the other half. You're like, oh, I'll eat it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one is for both of you. It's interesting to me. Two of the best hitters I've ever talked to in my life. Roll out of bed tomorrow. You go to the ballpark. You're going to play in 10 straight games, batting second. What is your batting average at the end of those 10 games? Wait, am I my right age? Right now. Yes, you. Right now, tomorrow, start playing for the Reds. 10 games. You know what? I'm a, I'll probably throw out a 220, probably at least two, two. I could probably hit the league average right now. What are they hitting, 220? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, they'd bench you because you're a launch angler right now, Case. Gonna... <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I would say, I don't even think, I wouldn't sniff too both, I don't think. What? I don't think I got sniff I think I'd get just crushed out there. <laughs> I don't do the thing. I don't know. I, Case, you ever, you ever hit anymore? I never hit anymore. Bro, I hit the other day with my kids in like the cages. I'm like, let me show you how you work your hands. I was like, oh shit. My shoulder <laughs> went back, my neck. I'm like, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, just do whatever you're doing. I, yeah, so, so it, it's not it. Bro, we don't realize how good a shape we were in. You're taking, oh, I was taking, you know, at least a few hundred swings a day. And then the days I was struggling, I was probably taking a thousand. You know what I mean? Like, so like, now I go take like 10 swings off the tee. I'm like, this is, 
this is I'm, I'm exhausted I'm exhausted yeah, yeah exactly you know like I, I played a charity baseball game and I still like work out but like it's different yeah. right? it's not game shape and I came right. home after that thing, the night inning game I didn't even play hard I was laid up in bed that night <laughs> I was like, my shoes up I'm like fuck I hit my bus dude <laughs> I can still, I throw a lot, because I throw to my kids a lot, but I, oh my God, I, I wouldn't sniff 200 right now. I'd just, nice. All right, that's 990. Oh my God. Oh my God, that's so great. Hey, Mikey, thank you so much, dude, for figuring this out, brother. I know you're busy and I have a lot of action going on, but thanks for joining us, man. Chinch and I have been looking forward to this for a while, and uh, hope you had a good time, man. I had a blast, man. I appreciate you guys being patient with me and having me on, man. Appreciate I had a good time. Appreciate yeah, it. no, it's thanks, great, man. man. Good luck, brother. Good luck with the kids. Appreciate it, brother. You too, man. You guys be good. Okay. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Mikey. See you guys. Uh, bro, mm. you know what? Breaking stuff down with a guy like Michael Young, career 300 hitter. Dude, his numbers are unbelievable. You know, I, I know. I really did think he was going to Cooperstown because he was going to get 3,000 hits, and he got mm. close. 2,375 hits is unbelievable go yeah. look at the numbers dude he's he's tops of all time absolutely and he could flat out rake seven all-star games mvp probably should have won a world series so. yeah let's not forget though those seven all-star games he was a middle infielder when it was nomar a rod right. jeter right. Uh, him right. like he was he he played one of the most premier positions maybe yeah. in a time when it was the greatest it's ever been and he was an all-star seven seven times i mean and, yep, gold, and, and a gold and, and a gold, gold yeah, won, a, won a gold glove yeah the guy was stunned, dude. the guy like ripped. i said as a player when you're watching other players you're like that guy's a hall of famer like and so for me when i still look at mike if it wasn't so stingent to get into the uh you know hall of fame in cooperstown i think michael young is is a hall of Famer. Yeah, i always just also loved watching him play like th there was like yeah. there was no give Everything was just balls to the wall, and he just smoked yeah. the baseball. Yeah. I, I love yeah. that. Legit, Great play. Dude. Hell Legit. Of a play. And I also, yeah, I also think if he had a couple more years, maybe a couple more numbers, who knows? Yeah. But 300 on a dot. That must have been terrifying. On a dot. It's yeah, terrifying. It, it was. Well, I told you, it, was it is terrifying. Because like I said, when I was 301 with the Sox, I'm like, oh, man, don't yeah. let me be 299. <laughs> Please, Lord. Please, Lord. Yeah. Anyway, Sweet Jesus. But it was awesome, so, Howard. Great stuff. Awesome, man. man. Awesome, Chinch. Great show, brother. And uh, we will do it again soon. All the people out there, keep downloading us, subscribing to us if you can on YouTube and uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And we thank you so much for listening. I hope you're enjoying the ride as much as we are. See you next week, brother. Love you. Love you, bud.